Welcome to Extra Credits. Mugga, what are we talking about today? Episode eight of The Last Dance. What are you guys titling this one? <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan punches Steve Kerr. <laughs> yeah. Knock out Steve Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm back. Been... I think it's the I'm back episode. <laughs> no, I'm back. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. Like, let's call it the I'm back slash Steve Kerr. You know, but but I think I think we get more of Steve Kerr in episode nine, don't we? So there's yeah. more of an arc in episode nine. It's kind of weird, but I see why they did it because you see his connection of mm-hmm. Michael trusting him in the the first series against the Utah Jazz. But I think this is where he gained Michael's respect. But I think if you had to then take, because I would say nine is more of a Kerr arc. But for episode eight, this is where you see MJ's comeback, in my opinion. Yeah, this is this is the yeah. this is the Mace welcome back episode for sure. Yeah. All right, Mace. so let's <laughs> let's get right to you already know, man. Harlem yeah. World double up. Yeah, we, we got this. Yeah. All right, so um, yo, this episode pretty much starts off in '98 with the Bulls versus the Hornets. Uh, you know, we were just talking about this um, uh, recently with BJ Armstrong. So BJ Armstrong did go to the Hornets. Uh, you know, Charlotte lost the first game. And uh, but BJ said, like, yo, we know how to beat these guys. I was there. I know exactly what it takes to beat them. Game two, he says he uh, he had a moment and uh, he hit the game winning shot and let the whole Bulls team know the bench. Everybody know that he beat them and he wanted to make a point that he beat them. And then Michael Jordan says that BJ pretty much effed up and woke the beast. And he said that, you know, I'm supposed to dominate this guy. How could I let him score on us like that? And I love where like it just pauses and MJ's just like. So I did. I did dominate him. And then the next game, he just bodied him. And, um, you know, after that, we cut to MJ watching the highlights of game two. And then uh, Mark Vansel says, uh, you know, we talk about in previous episodes how MJ would just make shit up, you know, to give him motivation. And Jose, you brought this up last time. Uh, LeBradford Smith from the Washington Bullets, you know, he had a great game against them uh, in Chicago. And he put up 37 points on MJ. And MJ didn't really have a good game that night. So, you know, allegedly, LeBradford Smith, he put his arm around MJ and he's just like, you know, nice game to Michael Jordan. And so the next game, they have to fly to Washington and play them kind of back to back. And Michael says, you know, I'm going to score, you know, what this guy scored the whole game in the first half. And he ended he up, scoring, it up. Yeah, he, he scored 36 or 37 in the first <laughs> he half. Made up, he made up the whole story. Yeah, like they asked him in an interview and he's like, did any of this happen? He's just like, no, nah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, like, what do, you, what do you guys think about this? Because, like, the whole time we talk about how people, you know, are just poking the bear. What do you guys think about, like, the mental capacity it takes for him to invent beef that motivates him? I'll say you can't win because, like, if you're thinking, okay, I'm the Hornets and he's got five rings, you know, we shouldn't say anything to piss him off. Let's just go out there and win and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Even if you do that, he's going to make something up. And if you do say something, then great. He's going to get pissed off. I mean, you don't want to motivate this team. You know what I mean? No, I, and, and so, spoiler alert, if you go to episode nine, it talks about his motivation on trying to beat the Jazz for the first time they played in the finals. And he was like, well, Carl Malone got MVP. I mean, it wasn't yeah. Carl Malone's fault. He did, and he's just like, fuck yeah. it. I want to show everyone I'm the MVP. It's just like this guy would find it where – Ever it was, and if he needed it, he would find it. You know, and it's kind of like inspirational in a sense, and just how you have that mentality. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of scary. He'd make actually. it up if he couldn't figure it out, or if there was like no it's, peace, he'd just be like, "It's in my mind." It's exhausting. Yeah, you're, you're, I don't know if I can yeah. do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, it's too much. Uh, too much. Of, his imagination is insane. Then, if that's the case, I don't know. <laughs> he made but, uh, Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, this, yo, there's a lot of green screen. A lot of green screen. Yeah, yeah. Had to make up his opponents for real. Yeah, that's how he got the job. Um, <laughs> that was great. That's funny. But uh, we okay. So this episode flashes back to March 1995, and you get the owner Jerry Reinsdorf saying that. Um, pretty much what we discussed last time, you know, if Michael Jordan stayed in uh, a ball, he would have eventually made it to the majors, but, um, the strike happened in baseball and major league baseball tried to get replacement players to cross the picket line and play for the starting athletes, the actual sign athletes, the union athletes, the players association athletes. And so MJ said like, he wouldn't play as a replacement player and he walked out of white Sox camp. Like, I mean, how would you guys feel? You know, you're coming up, you're in, you're in essentially a development league and you get the opportunity to cross that line. Would you do it? No, I'll never be a scab. Yeah. A man I, I it, especially with him nope, knowing what it's like on the other end, being the star. Like I, I, I agree with his decision. I was just going to say that was uh, the perfect opportunity, right? He, he was like, all right, like, what do I do now? Yeah. Oh yeah, go make sure. Space Jam. <laughs> right, go, stand in front go, of a green screen. I'm gonna go play with uh, Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so part of his comeback, and we talked about B.J. Armstrong. So this is back in, uh, I believe, this is the '94, '95 season, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, so he goes to, uh, he meets up with B.J. Armstrong in Chicago. They get breakfast, and then B.J. says, "Like, yo, man, like, I'm going to practice. You should come with me." And then, you know, the whole time they're driving there, BJ Armstrong is just talking a lot of shit, saying like, yo, man, if you were still playing, I'd whoop your ass, this and that. And it started out as a joke, but like when they got to practice, like before he knew it, they were playing like a full-on one-on-one game. And like MJ just bodied him at his own practice, having not been playing at all. And being at that practice kind of flipped the switch for Michael, making him think that, you know, this, this could be – my way in this is how i know that i'm ready to come back you know he had enough of a break a mental break a break from the sport not necessarily the media maybe but definitely Mm -hmm. definitely a break from uh the higher spotlight i guess you could say and um you know he had that whole uh conversation with his agent about what i should say like how do you guys feel about i'm back because i think that's just perfect straight to the point how do you like what what a badass way to come back to the league how do you feel about like he sounds like john wick He's like, I got a, Hey, I got a question for you guys. If yeah. the Bulls would have won a championship without Jordan, what do you think would have happened? Oh, I don't, I don't even want to answer that because they didn't. I, I can't, I can't, I can't even answer that. I don't think, saying, but. I don't think he would have came back to the Bulls. You don't think I know so? It's, mm. it's gonna, it's, it's, I know it's going like in a tangent, but he always needs something. So if the Bulls would have beat the Knicks that year after, uh-huh. let's say the Knicks ended up going to the finals, right? Let's say the Bulls win. Do you think he wants to come back to the Bulls? Because they would have proved that they didn't need him. So for him coming back, him coming back was like, you guys need me. I'm going to come back and I'm going to make it. You know, I'm, We're going to start winning again. To, to answer your question, I, I, it, it wasn't in a documentary. But I, I did watch something where Jordan was watching that Knicks series and uh-huh. it was game seven or whatever it was, because we talked about last episode, 
But uh, it came out to where Jordan was watching it. He knew. He says, hey, they're not going to win this game. And this is in, like, the third or fourth quarter when the game is not over. He says they just don't have what it takes to finish it. I think he knew right then and then, like, hey, they still need me in a sense to get over the hump to get where we were. I mean, it was a whole team thing, and they were missing Michael Jordan, in my, in my opinion. I mean. No, but, Jose, I, I agree with you. I think that had the Bulls won a championship without him, I think um, that goes to, back to his whole beef with um, Jerry Krause, you know, uh, you know, signing Ku coach, um, trading away. Uh, dude, I can't even remember dude's name from when he first started with the Bulls. Um, Oakley. Charles, oh, Oakley. Charles Oakley, Charles yeah. Oakley. When they traded Charles Oakley, you know, that's kind of where his whole beef started. So if he were to come back to a team that could win without him, it makes it look like the GM has the one up on him and he's not the one, you know, grinded it out. You know, I think he definitely would have, negotiated to go somewhere else or demanded a trade if he decided to come back because I mean, he's still signed like yeah he, he wasn't going anywhere else unless they traded him or released him so if they could given the contract but yeah um speaking of which you know we talked about this in the bad boys podcast but like he came back uh, three quarters of the way through the 94 95 season the bulls were barely over 500 at the time about 65 games into the season you know they're frustrated you got scotty throwing a chair you know, for all my people that, that have watched Boondocks, they know what a chair throwing is. So uh, that's an inside joke. Um, and then, you know, when they get him, they make it to the playoffs. You know, like that just shows how much of a catalyst he was, that he could come in out of basketball shape and lift a, a 500 team to the playoffs says a lot. And I think they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Magic that year. Yes. Yeah. Like to make yep. it. Boris Grant. Exactly. Boris to make, Grant. It, yep. to make yep. it from there to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals – just shows you how much how significant he was to their organization. Well they did they did say though that his body was not in basketball shape. It was in baseball shape. Yeah. Basketball shape and the fatigue really yep. showed, especially in the later parts of that series. And he was just not physically able to do what he normally could do uh, in prior years. Until I mean, he switched his number. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's what did it. Yeah. I mean I know Jose, you and I play baseball, but like hey, we gotta admit, man. We stand it's around not, a lot. We stand around. It's not around the same. Like the most running you're gonna do is in the actual game is if you're in the outfield and maybe you have to run to catch, you know, fly ball in the gap, or if you're running the bases. But it's real quick. In basketball, you're going back and forth, back and forth. That endurance is just crazy. That that amount of endurance that you have to have. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not talking bad about baseball at all because I think it's one of the most. Uh, technical sports ever and you do have to have a it's just different ability. but Cecil Fielder yeah. I mean this guy was not in the most tip-top shape or even if you go <laughs> yeah. back I never saw him play but Babe Ruth I mean I heard he ate hot dogs and drank beer before games you know but, yeah Bartolo, now, Bartolo Colon yeah oh Bartolo my god it's huge yeah he's trying right. to come back and he's damn near 50 he's like 47 years old <laughs> no he's not <laughs> no, he's, 40, he's 47 years old yeah wow. I saw him pitch a couple times and he's and he's and he's like <laughs> He's round. He's 300 Mugga, pounds. Mugga, many generations have seen, seen him pitch. That's how old he is. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's move on. We got the Bulls landing in Indiana so they could play the Pacers. And then uh, you got uh, George Kohler, who's like his assistant or his best friend. Uh, and he says that uh, Michael Jordan was super emotional before getting off the plane because it was his first game back without his dad. And then, you know, you get people scalping tickets. One dude says he got offered 2K per ticket for his seats. And, you know, he said this is the closest to the Super Bowl he's ever going to get. 
Um, you know, we just talked about this, Michael wearing 45 because it was his number in high school and he didn't want to wear 23 because his father wasn't there with him. So I can, I mm-hmm. totally understand him wanting to switch numbers for that reason. You know, he had a bad game, you know, they lost by like what, eight points or something like that. Seven points, nine points. I don't know what it is, but, um, yo, he was just disheveled. Like he had his shorts on backwards guys. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's how out of it he was. Like you said, Muggs, like his trainer said, like he wasn't in basketball shape. Right. And when we talk about the things that motivate Jordan, you know, him knowing that was enough for him to get back in shape. Like knowing that he was like 80% of himself motivated himself, motivated him even more to be better. Like the fact that he sucked, he had one bad outing and then he was out of shape made him better. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Most people will get depressed by that, which yep. is insane. Move on to the 1995 playoffs. We got the Magic, and uh, we see that he gets the ball stripped out from him. And pretty much you made God bleed at that point. You know, everybody's saying, like, oh, he's mortal. Chicago loses game one. And then uh, we talk about I think uh, Erica or somebody said, like, um, you know, 45 isn't 23. He put on 23 again, and, like, literally the next game, you know, they win 104-94, and he just goes off, so. It was like all his Space Jam powers were in 23, and he wore 45, and he had to put that jersey back on. I think it was Horace Grant that said that, right? Uh, No, 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 it wasn't. Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. It was? Yeah. I thought it was Horace. No, Horace went off when they put him in the conference finals. I think he he only scored (laughs) – Yeah. And uh, I think because game one, he scored, I, I, I think, 19 points in game one on 45 as number 45. And then he just went off for uh, almost 40 points the next game. That's just nuts. I mean, you know, definitely his tw- number 23, definitely uh, he flipped that switch again, like we've been talking about earlier in the episodes. See, I understand that the ball got stripped from him. I understand he's upset. I still can't get over when, you know, B.J. Armstrong says, you know, nice game or whoever said nice game to him. And that's and no one even said that, but he thought someone said that. That's, that's crazy. Like both ends of the spectrum. I just it's hard to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will like, say 45 just didn't 45 just looked weird on him. It didn't it look right. Never, it never fit. I wish I remember I had a 45 jersey. No, you I did, did not. No, you did not. There's yes, I, I did. Man. What were the sales in the 45 Jordan jersey? There's no way, man. <laughs> I yeah, got I, one I for my birthday one. Black year. with the black 40, with the pinstripes. The pinstripes. The stripes on them. Yeah. Yes. 45. <laughs> 45. Shit, Kerwin. They need, to show, a, they need to send you a photo so you can post on our podcast Instagram thing because I call bullshit. You guys don't have it. Yeah. I'll, it's like an eight-year-old size, a small I size. I will though. take a shot of fireball if you guys have a 45 Jordan jersey. I mean, you okay. can take one without it. I, 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 I want to, yeah. <laughs> just take the fireball shot. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> I have, a, you, I have uh, a USA Jordan jersey. That's different. That's the dream team. That's different. Okay. Yeah, that's okay, okay, okay. Hey, guys, I was going to say that I think I've only seen 45 on another player. I think it's it's been like on a fullback. Not even in basketball. I don't see, see anybody wear 45 except for like a fullback. NBA. Dude, do people what? even wear – no, but real talk, like numbers don't go high in the NBA like that. They don't. They really don't. 91. Double zero, man. 91. Double zero. Yeah. 54. Yeah. Who wore double 54? zero? 54. 54 was Horace Grant. That's true. Yeah. I think so. Who I think wore so. double I zero? 54. I know Nick Robert Young was Parrish. zero. <laughs> 
Robert Parrish. I know that. Okay, so double zero. That's old. That's old. Yeah. (laughs) Brian Wilson. (laughs) But he played. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> All right, so we're we're talking about that uh, that Orlando series yeah. where they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know Horace Grant uh, was a little extra in his celebration, and uh, you know trainer says to MJ like, "Hey man, like, um, you know, let's uh, let's get you back into shape when you want to hit the gym," and he's just like, "I'll see you tomorrow." And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but his his trainer got real emotional there. Like, how how insane is that to like be that inspired by somebody to to have them be ready to go the next day? It just shows you that he's on a different level than the everyday person. That's why he was. I mean, you would have taken a day off, a week, or whatnot. For him to be like, "I'll see you tomorrow," after he just lost, it's kind of like not taking a vacation. I I don't care who I am. I will see you tomorrow because I need to get better. I I, I don't know. To me, that's something that I think many people should see because it's that where you're like, wow, that's what it takes. And that's, it's not just basketball. It's like, it's everything. They, hey, next day, I'll see you tomorrow. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was great. I mean, you say he didn't take a vacation, but he went to LA to make Space Jam. So let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so now, please keep going no, because I have a lot to say about the Space Jam filming. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you not like Space Jam? No, I love it. I, I, wish, oh. I, was, I wish I was a fly on the wall during those pickup games. How much would you have paid to see those games go on at night when those guys, all the Hall of Famers, are, I mean, Reggie Miller, Jawan Howard. You, I'm sorry, Patrick I'm going ahead of myself. Because I know oh, go ahead, great, go ahead. I, I think it would have been to sit there and what, with no crowd, but watch these go at it. I, I think that is some – I'm so pissed off it wasn't documented other than the way it was. Like, that should have been televised, like, like live stream or something. I know that wasn't then – but like how I mean I would have watched it when you Erica's yeah. laughing. But tell well, me, I'm laughing at live stream games, dude. Yeah. And then you had to call their own fouls. They had to call their own fouls. Like imagine being the guy. Like yeah. you didn't call them that, dude. Like that's how you play those games. It was so. I, I'm just mad that there's not more footage of it, you know. But yeah. well, speaking of that, speaking of that, mugs, I'm actually glad you brought that up because uh, the director he said in an interview that um, when he was in the editing bay like ch- like chopping up footage or going through footage with his team they would watch those games they would watch those pickup games and i guess he did uh other games in other parts of the u.s during his summer too after space jam was done as well and they they said you know what how about this let's just not edit today and let's just watch these pickup games because he said you have the greatest the greatest celebrity athletes and the greatest athletes in the world come into play michael jordan just for hours and they watched it with no announcers, and all they did was just watch this footage, the Space Jam footage, et cetera. And um, he says that, like, it wasn't just athletes that came through. Like, actors came and played. Like, he said George Clooney was on the court a couple times. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, that's he, he crazy. Had, he had a if ton of people ever played, If you've ever played the pickup game, you know it's different than, like, an actual competitive game, but it's, like, it's still so much, it's so great about it. I, 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 I mean, I've done those things, you know, and it's just, like, I – to be at that with those guys, I, I think that is something special. I would even watch a documentary just about that. I didn't know what Kerwin was saying about celebrities. I mean, it wasn't Burbank, you know, but uh, I, I think that that is, is something magical. There yeah. in sense. I, I would have loved to watch it. I would have paid. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Did you pay $20? Yeah. I would pay. Yeah, I would pay $20 <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> No, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, Reggie Miller had the best quote, though, talking about those pickup games. He's like, this dude's a vampire. 
you know, how the work ethic that Michael Jordan had during Space Jam, where he, what was it, 7 a.m. call times, would film all day and then go uh, work out and then play pickup games, you know, through the night. Uh, Reggie Miller quoting that whole, you know, this dude was like a vampire, you know, didn't know when he slept. It's just crazy how his, uh, you know, his work ethic was to get back into shape to play professional basketball again. But Alan, you brought up that this is what he needed to get that edge back, mm -hmm. right? Like he was, it wasn't just a pickup game. He was studying <laughs> the people that were there and going about it like, hey, I, I'm learning more and getting better mm -hmm. because of you guys up here. And then when we get to the actual game, I'm going to kick your ass, you know? Yeah, I think it was the smartest play for him to build that that gymnasium while he's on the set and and call up the dudes that he's going to play against in the the league the following year just to study them and and uh, get their inner workings and get his rust off of his game. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, um, there's a little tidbit of information I got about uh, – I got some information about the director. So the director of Space Jam, his name's uh, Joe Pitka. Um, I guess he's the one that told Jordan to go – to tell the Bulls to go after Dennis Rodman. So the director yeah. of this, the director of this wow. documentary – yeah, the director of this documentary says that Joe Pitka, the director of Space Jam, told Jordan – like, hey, man, you know, Dennis Rodman's available. You got you to gotta get him. Like, you guys should go get him. You guys need him. He's a crazy defender, rebounder. And literally the next night, he's meeting with Dennis Rodman. So Dennis Rodman is in footage of playing in those pickup games. He literally is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he wasn't on the Bulls at the time. And that's crazy that you said it because he was a part of the, the second three-peat. I, I, I had no idea a director from Hollywood called that <laughs> shot. But. Yeah, like I have, I have no idea if it's 100% true, but that's what the director of this documentary is saying. But uh, let, let's, let's move on. So, you know, we get to training camp. Let's talk about, uh, you know, we, are, we kind of already addressed this, you know, the whole Steve Kerr punch, uh, Michael Jordan's being super, super intense with a lot of these guys that didn't earn those previous three championships. And I don't blame him. You know, they're coming in saying like, we're on the Bulls, we're on the Bulls. And his mentality is like, you weren't here in the shitty late 80 seasons. You weren't here from 84 to 93 when I was here where we had to grind and build this franchise. We were nothing. So for you guys to come in here acting like you were part of that is bullshit. And he went right at everybody. And and I just, I just love the behind-the-scenes footage of him just going hard at everybody. And how do you guys feel about the whole Steve Kerr thing? I'm not even going to explain it because we all know it. How do you all feel about the Steve Kerr thing? I would have punched him too. <laughs> no, I mean, like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't think he should have punched him in the face, but also, didn't Steve Kerr like sock him in the chest? Yeah, I, I don't. I think Steve Kerr didn't back down though, which I have to admire. He's the guy that. Yeah. Came in. Now I'm yep. spoiler alert. If you get into episode nine, it really shows why Steve Kerr did what he did in a sense, and how he is a connection of that. But uh, I, I love that. It's a guy. He came in. He goes, "Hey, I'm, I'm not backing down from what you're saying," and I think. Am I wrong? Jordan respects him more because of that. I mean, yeah, I'm getting out of it. Oh yeah, definitely. He showed him. He showed him toughness, right? He showed him that he's not going to let anybody bully him. He's going to fight back, and that's what he's looking for. And what happened in the fifth championship series? Steve Kerr hits the winning shot. You know, yeah. He yep. saved yep. Michael Jordan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll we'll let him think that. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so we, we're moving on. We got uh, the 95-96 Bulls. We all know they went 72-10 and 10 that season. They, got the, they had the best regular season record of all time, but best overall league record of all time. They got that championship. 
you know, Golden State is in first place for the regular season with 73 and 9 in 2016. But they didn't win that year. They did not they win. They didn't win. The they didn't win. They lost Draymond, a guy named LeBron James. Okay. Yes. No, because because Draymond got suspended over some bullshit. And all, oh. That's all it was, man. No, because because LeBron teabagged him and he got mad. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but a guy puts a ball, his balls in my face, his sweaty third quarter balls in my face. I'm going to be pissed off. Like, not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to let that shit <laughs> I'm not gonna let that shit slide. Third quarter balls. Yeah, I'm not gonna let. I don't even know if it's in the third quarter, but and it probably smells like it. Who knows? They're friends, though. By the way, LeBron and Draymond are friends. Oh no, and I, I 100 get that, but I think that was bullshit. How Draymond got suspended? That, that's yeah. garbage. That was total garbage. Like I'm happy that Cleveland won. I'm glad LeBron got his ring or whatever. But that that was such a a, a bullshit thing to do. Take him out of the series, and then they came back. But hey, whatever. Yeah, let's move on. For teabagging. Yeah, he's teabagging. <laughs> like it's Halo Three. Like you don't teabag in basketball. All right. <laughs> so we got to move on to Orlando. We got a little bit of time left. So uh, Horace Grant says that you know if you know MJ, like we keep talking about, you cannot let him get motivated. He doesn't need any more motivation, and he knows MJ so well that he knew that that Eastern Conference Finals loss to them motivated him all season long, and he was waiting for this moment. Bull swept them in four games in the Eastern Conference Finals, like annihilated them. And then we go to uh, Seattle Supersonics in the in the NBA Finals '96. Oh, Supersonics! And we once again, Alan, Jose, Sean Kemp, remember that guy, dude? Oh, yeah, Sean Kemp, that was a squad, Payton. man. Yeah, the glove. Yeah, the glove. I didn't yeah. have no problem with the glove. That's where we get our our new Jordan meme from when he's looking at the iPad. Um, or Sam or Samsung Galaxy tag. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, iPad. So we talk about George Carl, the coach for the Sonics, and uh, you know Ahmad Rashad and MJ are at dinner. So Jordan says, "What's up?" And George Carl snubs him, kind of walks by, doesn't say anything. MJ was heated, and I got to say something. Like, I feel like if you want to take MJ off his game, why don't you be nice to him? Maybe it has maybe it has the opposite effect. Kill him with kindness. Kill yeah. him with kindness, man. Yeah. So give give this, him a hug. Like So they didn't really talk about this here, but I don't know if you guys know this, but George Carl is known to be like a complete asshole. Like his players hate him. Even when he was in Denver? Yes, in Denver specifically. Mm. Like you can even look it up. Like there's Interviewed like Kenyon Martin, I think is the number one. Just absolutely despised him. Uh, Carmelo wow. Anthony, all of them. They did not like him. Like he really? just was, yeah, he was complete, complete douche. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, so we get Gary Payton talking about how, you know, after you know three and the Bulls being up three and he decided to go against George Carl's orders and kind of guard MJ himself. And he says that were he allowed to kind of do his thing against Michael Jordan the whole series, they would have won. And we get our favorite new meme, like we just said, Jordan looking at the at the tablet and laughing. And he says, you know, I had no problem with Gary Payton. And then, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the best things about this is that uh, the Bulls won their championship on Father's Day. His, yeah. first, his first championship yeah. without his dad was done on Father's Day. Like, like you can't you can't write a movie better than this. You know what is I'm that saying? Symbolism or what, man? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. And yeah. and fun fact, this episode was aired on Mother's Day. yeah so um what do you guys think about that i know we're running out of time but i just want to kind of wrap this up with how do you guys feel about just 
him coming back, dealing with his dad, the media pressure, the speculation that his dad's death was, you know, caused by him, which is garbage. How do you feel about him climbing that adversity, the physical and mental adversity? I, I just think that it shows how special this guy was. I think it puts him in a different category than even the Mount Rushmore's of people in the NBA. Like he was just that great to do what he, I, I, I mean, I'm not taking any credit away from like Magic or Bird or Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Jabal, any of those guys. I'm just saying prior to him, these guys never did what he was able to do. And I think it showed not just one or two, but just multiple times. Like, where is this like, this is why he is Michael Jordan, you know? And we're, we're even going to get into more of the other episodes, but it's like this guy was so special because he could constantly deliver in so many situations that it's just, I don't think we'll ever see it again other than a little glimpse of Kobe. Don't want to get in the whole Kobe Jordan, you know, comparison, but uh, I, I just, he was that good and that, that special. He was, he was like, like number pick. three. Yeah. He was number, he was number three. He was the third pick. In his draft, that's crazy. That's Blazers. Blazers are kicking themselves, man. Twice too. They did it with Greg Oden as well. Oh, okay. That that's not okay. That wasn't poor decision making. That was that was that was bad accident. That's bad luck. Like that's just bad luck that you get Greg Oden and he has no career after that. That sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Well, uh, I mean, yo, that's it for episode eight, and uh, thank you. I appreciate it. The Have rise of Jordan. Yeah, I'll hey, see you for uh, episode nine. Bitches. Wait, what? Pistons are still a bunch of bitches. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, I just heard bitches. I'm like, what? I know. I was like, Did you call me a bitch? <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. Later. Good night. Bye. Bye.